guys, welcome to another episode of Joining the Dots. So this week I have on Chris Brown, a director and founder at Brown & Co Accountants based on the Fowl Coast. So the reason I asked Chris on is because he's gone from working in, you know, small local practices um, at the start of his career, straight after he left high school. Um, and then he ended up working in at KPMG, Preston office. So he was in big four. And he's also got background in accounts, audit and tax. So then in 2012, when he got made redundant from the Preston KPMG office, he decided to take the leap to set up on his own basically on the Fowl Coast. That was in 2012 and he's now grown that to now around 10 employees ever since, taking on five new staff members purely in 2021 alone. So Chris really describes his firm as not your traditional accountant. He's very passionate about technology, digitalization, advisory, using social media for business, and just having a really strong local community presence. So I hope you really enjoyed this. Um, if you know you are thinking of maybe setting up on your own, or you've got an accounts background or audit background or tax background, because um, you know, Chris is really inspirational. He's He's basically done it all and now he's doing it on his own with a team around him. So enjoy. Hi, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Joining the Dots. So I was having a little look through your LinkedIn um, this morning before we met and you've had a really interesting career to date um, before you've set up Brown & Co um, over the last tech, like 10 years ago. So my first question that I kind of just want to ask you is just talk us through your career because you've now you set up brown and co was it in 2012 you set up brown it was it was, it was yeah, yeah yeah so you've had your business now for i suppose gosh it'll be like 10 will it be 10 years, years. Yeah. yeah coming up 10 years this year yeah. yeah yeah so obviously there's a whole backstory there as to how you've actually got here you don't just i suppose wake up one morning and you've got your own practice so just talk us through a little bit after you left kind of sixth form, high school, sixth form, doing your GCSEs and A-levels. How have you got to here? Talk us a little bit about your career today. Um, so I suppose I'll start by saying that I never intended or never envisaged I'd have my own business. <laughs> it was never, a, I suppose, a, a goal or a plan. Yeah. Um, so so starting off, um, I mean, I didn't know what, what I wanted to do, to be honest. I knew I didn't want to go to university. Um, I knew I wanted to sort of get straight into a, a job. Yeah, um, training on the job, perhaps doing an apprentice of some kind. So, <clears throat> I got introduced to um, firm accountants locally in Blackpool, a small one, three part of practice. Yeah, um, and started doing a day release at a local college for AAT. I mean, we're going back. I mean, it, it's funny thinking back to, to that time where this was the time where you had to book the computer room, not everybody yeah. had a computer. And it seems funny saying it now, but. I mean, <laughs> That's yeah, how long ago it was, um, which seems crazy now. But anyway, yeah. um, so I was I was only there for a year, and one of the partners um, had an opportunity to um, to to set up uh, another office with with a larger firm of accountants. So I moved with him because I thought it'd be, be a good opportunity. Yeah. So I moved with this partner to uh, to to help sort of establish the, the, the Blackpool office. So I carried on doing my AAT and, and um, I was there for a, a good a good few years. I, I realised that I kind of had to do some more studying, either ACA 
or, or some time. So I knew I had to do something else because I was getting a bit bored of the job. It was just sort of... Yeah, you were just doing accounts. Like it was just a pure account, yeah, was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, there was a little bit of tax, but it was primarily accounts prep and, and, yeah. and it got a bit boring, to be honest. So I thought, right, I'm going to have to go, you know, I'm going to buy the bullet here at this point. And, and, and um, my, my interest was tax. Yeah, yeah, my interest was tax. So so I started doing the ATT, which was the, the tax qualification. So I started that, moved firm to, to a firm, again in Blackpool, um, a small single practice um, where I had the opportunity of doing audit. So I finished off my ATT and then I started to do my ACA because I thought, if I'm going to stay in this industry, you know, let's just buy the bullet, let's yeah. just crack on them and... Uh, become fully qualified so so that's why I moved to this other firm because obviously they were doing audits and as part of the um, qualification you, you need your audit experience yeah. um so I kind of I, I didn't really enjoy it but it was more of a tick box you know you have yeah. to do the audit to get the qualification didn't enjoy it because it was just a you know nobody likes auditors <laughs> coming into the business <laughs> How did you, know, you find that going into those businesses and being the auditor? Like, how how is that for you? I didn't enjoy it at all, to be honest, because yeah, you know, it, it's all. I mean, maybe if we'd got into the systems and processes a little bit more, that would have been a bit more interesting. But it was kind of just, it was just ticking and bashing, okay. filling in the audit file, uh, and it was just, you know, you weren't. I didn't feel like I was adding any value. Okay. Um, you know, they just wanted to get rid of you as quickly as <laughs> quickly as possible, right? like a, a bit of an un unnecessary cost to the business. So um, I, I knew it wasn't long term. Um, yeah. So so I did that, and I I was I was partly qualified, um, and I got the opportunity to to then move to KPMG into tax because mm -hmm. that was what I really wanted to do. Yeah. So I was part I'm still part qualified ACA at that point. Um, so then moved to corporate tax at KPMG in Preston. Yeah. Um, and I finished off my ACA with, with KPMG, but I was doing pure, pure tax. So obviously a very different world, um, very, you know, much larger clients, a lot more complex mm -hmm. stuff. But I really enjoyed it because it was, you know, something to really get your teeth into, you know, a lot of new stuff to me. Um, but at the same time, you still had that small, smaller office culture. Yeah, I've heard so, that um, about yeah. KPMG Preston. That it was there's a lot of kind of like family feel there, mm -hmm. a lot of integrity, a lot of you know really good ethos there. Um, so you you know you started out after high school in accounts, in accounts prep. You then did tried a bit of audit. You then tried tax and, you, you know, you was really finding that and um, you enjoyed that. And then obviously you went into corporate tax at KPMG. So that yeah. was over kind of like, um, like, a, would you say like a 16 year period? I suppose what you've just described there from like the late 90s to early 2010s. I should be good at maths, but I'm, I'm yeah. hopeless at arithmetic. <laughs> so then just to kind of let everybody yeah. know then, you were corporate tax manager at KPMG at Preston for for a while and then in 2012 they shut the office and you got made redundant yeah well i got made redundant a few years before they shut the office um okay. there, there was um there was a few redundancy um rounds i suppose while i was yeah. there but the, the one where i was made redundant was was a bolt out of the blue I, I think it got to the point where i wasn't particularly enjoying the job as much as i had done because 
it, it became a little bit more competitive and there was more pressure from, from Manchester and some of the other offices. Yeah. Um, so it, I kind of lost lost the joy of, of, <laughs> of the job, really. Yeah. Um, but what I really so, like about this this career that we've just kind of described there is that you've pretty much done a little bit of everything. You've done audit accounts, yeah. tax, corporate tax, you've got your AAT, your ATT, and your, and your ACA. Um, yeah, I, I think I think what's interesting, you know, a lot a lot which came into KPMG didn't have the background I had. They were either the yeah. the the graduates, so they did ACCA, ACA, and CTA together, and they were straight into the role. Whereas I've come from a background where, you know, a client would bring in, you know, a bag of receipts and I'd have to produce a set of accounts from it. So, you know, my, my sort of accounting skills yeah. were quite strong and, and obviously um, relationships with, with clients was, you know, something that I quite enjoyed. So, so I had quite a sort of, I think, you know, I've had quite a sort of rounded background. So I've had the smaller firms. Yeah. Um, but I've also had the, the big, you know, obviously the big four, which is very different mindset, you know, when you're approaching um the work and, and clients it's it's a lot more commercial rather than sort of you know let's balance this bank account to the penny you know it's a very different mindset um but I think it's given me a great rounded rounded view yeah and then that kind of gave you the tools then in 2012 <laughs> to set up on your own so you set up Brown and Co in 2012 how long had you been thinking of, had you been thinking about it prior to 2012 when you were still at KPMG was it kind of there stewing in your mind or did it just come to you one night once you were made redundant how did how did that happen yeah I, I guess I, I guess it was probably something that I knew I could fall back on and do yeah I could do myself and, and sort of do everything for a, for a client so I kind mm. of I think at the back of my mind I thought I could do it whether it was something that I thought, yeah, I'm going to go for it, and <laughs> this is what I want to do is 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 different. Um, but I thought, well, do you know what? What what have I got to lose? Um, yeah. You know, I've got the experience, I've got the you know enough knowledge to be able to do it. Let's just have a go and do it. Yeah. You know, and and you know, sorry, it was low low risk low risk for me, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I just thought, right, let's take take the ball by the horns and and let's just see what we can do. So you didn't always know then you wanted to own your own business. You just thought when you left school and all these jobs you'd had, you just thought you were going to be an employee. Or... I did, yeah. I always thought I'd just have a career for, yeah, yeah a lifelong career in whatever tax, you know, sort of some yeah. form of accountancy. Yeah, so there was no, there was no plan to be self-employed. Brilliant. So did you have, when you set up then in 2012, were you thinking you were going to be like a one-man band you know really really small practice for a long long time or because just to give people a bit of an idea you've got um you've got like 10 employees now haven't you around around that did you think yeah. you were just going to be kind of like solo maybe have a bookkeeper or something for kind of th this or what were you yeah doing? yeah I think you know I didn't have sort of grand designs really <laughs> um I think it was more a case of let's just survive and <laughs> see and, how it goes. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah, see how it goes. And yeah, and I always probably thought I, it's just going to be me and perhaps one other person to support me. Yeah. It, it was never a plan to sort of, you know, grow grow the business. Um, but uh, and it did take a while, you know, from from setting up. You know, it, it did take a while to sort of grow. Um, yeah. Grow the business, but it it reached a point where. I, 
I thought I can't, you know, either go, either don't take in on any more clients and we stay as we are, or yeah. we do something about it and, and we grow the business and, and we look to take in on people. So there, yeah. there did come a point where I was kind of forced to make yeah. a decision. And how long into that, how long into the business being born was that where you thought it's time now, people, you know, we're going to grow? Um, so it got to about, I, I mean, I was doing some other little bits on the sides, um, working as like a, uh, an FC for a, a charity. Um, so I was kind of, my, my, my time was sort of split a little bit between the business and, 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 and doing the financial side for this charity. So it got to 20, about 2017, mid 2017, okay. and I thought it's not, it's not sustainable. Um, and I thought, you know what, I really want to make a go of, of the business. Um, yeah. You know, it was growing, it was doing okay, but I thought I, I can do better. I know I can. Oh, yeah. so 2017, you start get, you know, you start kind of <laughs> ramping it up a little bit. You start bringing people in. Let's talk about those early days. So not early days of the business, but early days of starting to ramp it up a little bit. How was that? Well, what, what I did, I made a conscious decision to um, to um, connect with lots of other people locally, mm. um, whether it was banks, solicitors, other business owners, just, just you know, contact with as many people as I could and, yeah. and let them know that I wanted to grow the business. Okay. Um, and one of the kind of opportunities I saw was, um, take, was taking over perhaps an existing business from a retiring accountant mm. so I kind of put the word out on the street that that's what I was thinking of um, and out of the blue came an opportunity to do that locally yeah. from a retiring accountant and I thought this is this is great this is going to sort of give me some mm. you know real critical mass to sort of push push the business forward and grow it into something a bit more credible than just a one-man band at home um, yeah. so so that that was really the catalyst, I think, for, for the growth. Getting, yeah, for the growth. And yeah. that's where we are now. So you made an acquisition then. And did you yeah. did you get a member of staff with that, a bit of office space? What what else came yeah, with? Yeah, so it was it was rented office space. Um, and there was two two members of staff um, that came with one um, who's still with us now, which oh. which is great. Um, the other one retired because he was he was sort of near retirement age. Um, but yeah, it was a it was an archaic practice. Um, you know, about a dozen filing cabinets, paperwork going back to the nineteen seventies. Oh my no goodness! Network system, <clears throat> PCs with all sorts of different software on it. Right yeah. challenge for you then. To well, it was, I, I like the challenge. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the challenge, and, and I could see, you know, I could see the hard work, but I could also see the opportunity because the client base was was fantastic. There were some great clients. Very loyal. Was there some bigger one, bigger clients as well there yeah. that came with it? There were. There was a couple of um, sort of multi-million pound turnover businesses, which was one of the reasons why um, you know I took the acquisition on because I saw great potential, you know, for for those clients that we could do some really, really good stuff with them, um, and, and and really help them. So. Um, I kind of saw it as a great opportunity, really. So, so it was, yeah. I mean, it was tough. It was really tough because I've never done an acquisition before. And it was, you know, it was a fairly decent size business, um, which covered all sorts of its own challenges. But um, I just did things slowly, took my time with it, didn't change much, you know, with the clients. Got to know the clients first, and then we started to implement things. Yeah. So you double in the size of your business. You 
you've doubled you did you double your turnover as well yeah more than double the turnover I mean we got the investment back we, we doubled the the kind of the the investment in it within the first year just by um helping clients things like R&D claims other sort of tax planning um you know so you know it was a good you know with these things you do take a, a risk but you know calculated yeah. risk and, and I think you know acquisitions are fairly if you do it right they're fairly low risk yeah um, have you done any more since or are you planning to do any more where, where you up to yeah, with we've, yeah we've had a couple in the pipeline I've got one actually this month which which is a small one um <laughs> but we're, we're, we're hopeful that, that we'll be able to do, complete that by the end of this month um we looked at another two or three uh last year but they didn't come to fruition um, yeah. But yeah, we're definitely on the, the sort of acquisition um, trail, acquisition hunt. Um, it's got to be the right the right kind for us. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I see it as a great way to sort of, because I think it's such a shame, so many accountants who, who are coming up for retiring, and I've heard this, that they just say to the clients, I'm retiring, you know, go and find another accountant. And you think, wow, you've, you've built up this loyalty and value in your client base, and you're just giving it away for nothing. Yeah. So, you know, it's a win-win. We, we you know, take over some great loyal clients you know do some great things with them and also the the, the retiring accountants you know get obviously some some value from, from it yeah from it yeah. so brilliant so have you over the last 10 years having the business have you had a business coach yourself to help you navigate this scary world or yeah so um a couple of years sort of into into the acquisition um so sort of probably 2019 18 19 mm. i started to sort of look at um connect with a lot of people online read a lot of books by sort of thought leaders industry leaders in the accountancy space you yeah. know digital accountants um and thought yeah you know everything they were saying was great and I thought yeah i really need to do this need to do that and pinched a few little ideas along the way, started to do bits and pieces. But the, the, the problem was, the problem I realised was you, you need to be held accountable. Yes. And you need someone you can bounce stuff off and say, this isn't quite working, what am I doing wrong? Um, you know, you can read everything in the world, but, you know, unless you implement it, it's no good. So yeah. that's what I thought. I, I need, you know, what would really help me is, is a coach. And I've seen a lot of stuff online of other accountants who, you know, were sort of doing great stuff because they've been coached. So... Mm. I took the, took the opportunity to to engage with a uh, a firm which just coaches accountants. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Was that somebody specialist? It was. Opinion? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know there are there are um, you know lots of different sort of business coaches yeah. out there, but this was a a specific one for for accountants. Yeah. Um, so they've sort of been there, done that, seen you know. So, what does your client base? kind of look like these days at the moment then and um, what you, what are your clients looking like are they big small what what are you working with at the moment um we've got quite a mixed client base um and i think that's partly sort of you know historic with with the clients that we bought from practice and the ones that we've we just took on over the years so we've got um we, we've got just under 200 clients in total so that the plan was always to work with a smaller number of clients but have better relationships be more responsive yeah um, be able to do more with them rather than having you know absolutely hundreds and hundreds of of, of, of clients um 
you know, we, we never wanted the stack of high selling cheap probes. Yeah. So we, we've got a fairly mixed bag. I mean, we've got quite a number of sort of multi-million pound turnover businesses in, in lots of different sectors, e-commerce, construction, um, domiciliary care, franchise, or there's uh, car dealerships, you know, yeah. there's, there is a mixed bag. And then we've obviously got the smaller, you know, sole traders, um, partnerships. But our, our focus now is we, we don't niche in terms of the type of industry we work with, but we niche in terms of kind of what our client profile would look like. So we're, okay. our, our target sort of client is million pound turnover and above, because that's where we can really, really help uh, clients, help them scale, give them a lot of it, mm-hmm. be a business partner, really, to help them grow. So that that's kind of, you know, where we're, where we're pitching for. Um, so yeah, it's quite it, it is quite a mixed bag at the moment, but I, I think you know, I think that will always be the case um, because I think it's good in in terms of a business model to sort of spread your risk yeah. a little bit rather than yeah. niching with one particular industry. Yeah, um, that's just a personal opinion, but yeah, no, that's no, that's really good. So obviously, you're looking at businesses, you know, circa turning over one million. You're not going over the audit threshold. You don't do any audit at Brown and Co. No, not at the moment. We we outsource to um, one of the firms that I used to work with. So um, I mean, obviously, you know, it can be difficult if we're doing compliance work. We're, mm-hmm. we're going to have to outsource that audit work anyway to to another firm. Um, and I don't particularly see much value in in terms of um, in terms of the of the audit. We'd rather do the compliance and advisory work. Although having said that, we are considering whether we should register um, as an audit firm ourselves. Oh. You know, it might it might work the other way. Another firm might be doing the compliance work and might have to outsource the audit. Well, we could help, and we could do you know other other types of audit work as well. Um, so it is something we you know we are we are considering. Interesting. Again, it's, yeah, it's not it's not something I particularly yeah you're not jumping thought of yeah but yeah. um but you know you've got to think long term you you yeah. always got to think the future proofing the business and, and long term strategy so yeah it, it, it is something we are we are thinking about yeah so you you know you made the acquisition and kind of like you know after 2017 you 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 took on that you took on that firm's clients you took on a couple of staff um at what point did you feel like you started to need to take on more staff because now you've got a team of 10 you've got you know people at all different levels you know quite younger fresher greener people in the business yeah. as well at what point did you feel like you needed to start doing that um, and how was that yeah I mean it was quite early on um so after the acquisition within I think within a month or two I remember it was January 20. 20- 2018 and I had 66 tax returns to do in that month mm. <laughs> and I thought this is this is not sustainable I'm, I, I yeah. don't want another January like this um so so we we took on our sort of first first employee really um full-time employee um yeah. and it just went from there you know once once you start to um take on people the business just naturally starts to grow because yeah. you know it frees up my time to then you know develop the business look for more work look for more clients look for more opportunities and and it just sort of it was just a very gradual process from there i mean 2021 was was one of the best years we ever had and we took on five people just in that year amazing um, so you've almost doubled your staff you've almost doubled your headcount in in 2021 on its own yeah 
Um, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, obviously it was a, you know, unusual year for, for, for many reasons, for obvious reasons, but, yeah. and, and obviously there's been some winners and some losers and, and we, you know, we were just fortunate. I think, I think why we were fortunate was, was in 2020 and, and stop me if I'm sort of jumping ahead of your questions, but 2020, when the pandemic hit, um, obviously priority was looking after clients, making yeah. sure, you know, they had, you know, funding, they could keep the business going and, and they had uh, they had us behind them. But we worked on our business. So we look, you know, they always say the number one client is yourself, is your own business, and you should look after that first. You know, it's the old oxygen masks, you know, we've got to put yours on first before we help someone else. So <laughs> we did that and we invested a lot of time in our business. Yeah. Um, right. We had, you know, we had like a server in the office. Well, that didn't work any longer because everyone was working from home. We had to migrate data from, we had to completely change two of our biggest systems, accounts production and, and payroll, so that the team could access it remotely. It was all yeah. stuff on security, so we did cyber essentials, all sorts of stuff. Um, but we came out of that with a really slick business. And, and oh. now it's remote. All we need to do is buy a laptop for someone, plug it in and, and, mm. and they're away. You know, they've got access to absolutely everything. Um, so we came out of that a much slicker more efficient business ourselves so when we take on new work new clients it's it's scalable mm. um, and it's really efficient and you know as a result we work with clients you know nationally and internationally now um, yeah you know and then you become an attractive place for local people living in Thornton, Cleveland, yeah. or Blackpool, <laughs> wherever they live, to, to come and work for you. So that's how you've managed to get your five on in 2021. Do you want to become a training organisation? Because I know at the moment you're not, or you've not really got people studying with the ICAEW or the ACCA. Do you, do you, want, do you have plans to do, do yeah, that? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we, uh, we registered um, sorry, a year ago, I think, to be an ICAW training organisation. So we wanted to get that in place first. Um, I mean, the people we've got at the moment, majority are AAT or ACCA qualified already. Um, there are some training needs which we're, we're looking to support, but we, I kind of see that as, a, as something that I really want to um, to push. I see it as a real opportunity, particularly on the file. There's not many firms of accountants that seem to be really, you know, real training organisations yeah. where they take on apprentices, develop them, and that's something we're we're really keen to do. I think there's there's a, a great pool of talent here in the northwest on on the file coast that's just not being tapped into. And, and I've seen a lot of them, you know, going to Preston or Manchester. And I think, what a shame, because, you know, there's great businesses, there's great opportunities here. And for people who don't want the commute, don't want to travel, yeah. you know, I want to bring that opportunity here. So um, I, I think, you know, where we are as a business now, we, we've, we've attracted the people we have because we are a digital modern practice. Yeah. And that's why they said they wanted to join us because, because of, of, of how we work, you know, Absolutely. we're not the we're not the old stuffy traditional accountant. So, um, so yeah. So sort of going back to your original question about about training, I see that as quite a key thing, and I, and I think you know we, we we'd like to be you know be seen as a, as a real you know organisation which develops young people, takes on apprentices, takes them through either AAT and then on to um, ACA, um, and, and commit to developing them because you know I think there's I think there's some great talent here. Locally. And obviously, keeping your staff as well, you've kept 
Have you kept everybody today? Has anyone ever left? Or? We've, yeah, we lost one person. Oh. Um, they, they wanted uh, full-time work and at the time we could only offer them part-time okay. because of the, it right at the start of the pandemic. Um, but um, but yeah, we've kept everyone else. I mean, we've had wobbles along the way. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, it's not been plain sailing. Um, but, you know, we've, we've kind of met those challenges and supported people. And I think supporting people is is the priority and we, yeah. you know, we've, we've been as flexible as we possibly can with I think sort of giving people flexibility and autonomy is, is key absolutely uh, and you know there's people usually think people are leaving because of salary or or, or a manager you usually think there's two reasons why people leave salary or a poor manager they're obviously still very true but the last one to two years People are leaving because they've not got that flexibility or they've not got that kind of um, opportunity to just work a little bit from home or things like that. And that's the most important thing. And I think if you've tapped into that and you know that in the back of your mind that you can just release a bit of autonomy to your staff, you'll you'll do really well. Um, yeah, we, we always wanted a sort of uh, um, results only work environment. So, you know, Although, you know, there are sort of core hours we expect everyone to do. Yeah, we've, we've said to everyone, look, it doesn't matter. You know, I really don't care when and where you work. As long as the work's done, everybody's got their own clients. They've got their own deadlines. But, you know, the the, 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 the smart enough and old enough to know, you know, to, to manage that themselves. They don't need me breathing down the neck. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you want to work at midnight because that fits around your child care and you're away, then yeah. find it. You know, do the job. I, I, you know, I really couldn't care less. As long as we're... We work together as a team. We all know kind of roughly when and where we are and we can yeah. all communicate with each other. Just just get on and do the job, you know, go and play golf in the afternoon, take your dog for a walk. You oh. know. Um, and I think having that trust in people, not micromanaging people, is, is a key thing. Yeah. And I think it's very hard for businesses because people do make mistakes and, and you know, we all make mistakes and, and the team have, you know, made mistakes. But I think that's quite important in development because they learn from that um, they don't need me to tell them they've made a mistake they know and mm. we either put a system in place or a process to prevent that from happening again or they certainly won't do it again themselves yeah uh, you know so I think having that trust to, to enable people to to grow and develop themselves is is really key and that and that obviously helps with, with retaining you you know yeah. key, key people retaining your team Sounds like you've got a really supportive team behind you as well. Like not only are you supportive to them, it sounds like you've got you've got a good team. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I say, it's taken us a while to, to get to this point, but you know, the team we've got now is just it, it you know, I know people say, Oh yeah, we've got a great team, but you know, we, we really have they'll <laughs> they'll go out of the way. Um, because I think we're I think we're quite blessed in this industry because it tends to attract people who are diligent, people who are conscientious anyway. Yeah, of course. Um, and people who enjoy the work. And, and I think that sort of accountant's mindset is, you know, oh, I just want to, you know, if it means I've got to work another half an hour, an hour, I just I want to get this right. I want to get this done. And it's that kind of mindset. So mm -hmm. I, I think that's part of it. But having said that, you know, I think you've got to get the right kind of mix of, of personalities as well. Mm -hmm. um, and culture but I think you know we, we have that and I think you know you do have to lead from the front you have to lead from the top if it's not right at the top people aren't going to follow you people aren't going to follow that 
or, or develop that yeah. culture themselves. So how do you think they would describe you as like their boss, their the business oh. owner, the manager? Go on, what do you think? What how would they describe you? If I, if I was sat here with them now, what would they say about you? What makes you a good yeah. boss? <laughs> oh crumbs, I'd dread to think. Um you have to ask them. Do you think so? Obviously, you said yeah. you need to be supportive, allow them to have flexibility and autonomy for their work and trust them. What about like um providing them with like a bit of challenge and things like that. I know you're quite, and making sure that they're not bored. Yeah, I mean, going back to what you said, you know, like why people leave jobs, I think the other reason is people get bored. Mm. Um, you know, that's the reason why I left a couple of jobs, because I just got bored. Um, so that's one thing I'm, I'm always keen is, is that people can see a bit of a prog progression within the business for themselves, but also when they're doing the work that they are throwing some challenges and and you know we, we've come across all sorts of stuff um new legislation in the last sort of 12 24 months which you know none of us have, have ever come across before um and i've just said to the team look you know well let's let's you have a look at it first you know draw some conclusions then we'll have a chat about it and, and we kind of you know i'm not i'm not a protective about these things i think sharing knowledge um it's a great way to develop people keep people interested keeps me interested yeah you know something new that i come across think great it's something to get my teeth into and yeah keeps me excited and, and <laughs> um so i think that's a very important thing with, with the team is i think so many people are kind of like oh no this is my domain this is far too complex for you but it's amazing what what the team can and i've seen you know just in the last six months them them come on in in not just the knowledge but the confidence yeah the confidence to say yeah do you know what i don't know how what this is or i don't understand it but i'm going to tackle it i'm going to have a look at it and you know and, and the team are, are, you know um are doing some great stuff with like you know complex stuff like residency and domicile and you know <laughs> um you know all sorts of complex vat issues and you know all all sorts of stuff um you know so it's I think, I think, yeah, I think keeping people, um, you know, interested um, and excited, yeah, and excited and challenged is 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 a really key. I mean, some people don't, and that's that's fair enough. Not everyone's the same. No, um, some people like to just come in, do the job, and 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 go home, and that's fine. And you know, if you had everyone in the business who was like that, it, it wouldn't work. And if you had everybody in the business who wanted a challenge or wanted to. You know that wouldn't work equally. No. So you do you do need a nice mix of that. Um, yeah. So it, you've changed your servers. You know you you're very you've got a very slick business at the moment, very cloud based. Obviously, we've spoke about how important and beneficial that is for you as a business and for your staff and keep 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 the business growing and things like that. Obviously, for clients, let's talk about clients. Then why is that? How important is that for clients having it? you know, having things, having the technology and the cloud base, how important is that for them? And do you feel like, what benefit do you think it gives them? Well, I'd say it's essential. Mm. Um, I mean, I know some people, you know, cynical clients, you know, I think, oh, it's just a way for us to increase our fees or, or you just like <laughs> using the technology. And, you know, that that's the cynical side. But, you know, we don't just use technology for technology's sake. We use it because it's got a clear benefit. To, to us and the clients yeah um, and, and everything we implement with the clients we do first in our own business and we see how it works see what the benefits are 
And then we can say to clients, look, we, you know, we do it, we use it ourselves. Oh, that's and good. This is why. Um, uh, you know, so I think, I think obviously that, you know, that we, we are, we're a hundred percent cloud ourselves and all of our clients are now on, on uh, cloud software, whether they use it themselves or, or we use it on their mm-hmm. behalf. Um, the ones that do use it obviously get the benefits of having um, information in real time. We've made a lot of efficiencies for clients as well. Yeah. Um, things like the op- optical character recognition. So um, scanning documents and it automatically populates cloud software with, with, with the information, with the data. So, you know, the, the two things is having the information, you know, in real time rather than sort of, you know, six, nine months after after the year end you then present them with figures which are out of date and completely useless yeah. with something which is a lot more tangible at the fingertips and it's saving them time so they can you know put the time on towards developing their own business rather than just doing the mundane mm. you know uh, repetitive tasks so which softwares are you quite a bit of a champion of at Bra- either yourself or at brown and co what are you really really championing and pushing um, so our, our sort of base, obviously, Zero and Dext, uh, which was yeah. of course So Zero, obviously, um, every single client is on that platform, um, and we took the decision um, not to use any of the other um, software or to give clients a choice because okay. clients often don't know what they need. Okay. Um, they think they do, but obviously, we're in the best place to tell them what they need and, and it makes it makes our business scalable because we can put them onto the same platform but not just that it means we can we can become experts at that software um yeah. and help the clients rather than having a multitude of different platforms um so you know yeah and to be honest i mean we've done it with with a few multi-million pound turnover clients we transferred them from sage desktop onto zero and you know the business owner couldn't care less what software is used <laughs> they really can't care it's the people who are obviously inputting day to day you know it affects them but the decision makers couldn't care less because at the end of the day it's like well can I get the inf- can I still get the information you know can I get it quicker you know can I get a better better reports or whatever from better functionality that you know that's giving me the information I need to make business decisions that's all we're bothered about um i think people get hung up a bit too much on kind of oh we should oh you should give them a choice or what about this software and i think just make a decision and just go with it so zero is our obviously prime one dext is the other one um which we've got majority clients on. we're still pushing to get that to 100 percent. so that scans you know you, you can have an app on your phone you snap yeah. it um, I've got so, it on my phone for here at Doc Recruit. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I took your advice the other day. I, I bought something from Morrison's because you said to me the other week, didn't you? You said, oh, you can throw that receipt away once you've uh, once you've took a picture of it. And I threw it away. It yeah, not <laughs> in my drawer. Um, Excellent. <laughs> I took a picture of it in my car and then I threw it away. So that's because of you, that. Um, so you mentioned, obviously, you're a non-traditional accountant. You want to be modern. Um, using the technology, using the software, and being digitalized. What else are you providing your clients with then, in addition to like the compliance work? What else have you had going on the last few years or at the moment? What else do you do for them, basically? Yeah. So I think one, one, well, two, two areas probably we've we've really sort of seen a need. Um, uh, and, a, and a way to really help clients, I suppose, to, to 
two aspects and, and um, is, is sort of business growth and, and coaching clients as, as we've been coached. Um, yeah. And the second one is, is funding. So um, we'd already started with the fund. I'll start with the funding first. We, we, we sort of started with the funding, had a funding partner, which we um, connected with before the pandemic. Um, and we were so glad we did because obviously with the pandemic, we we managed to raise just under a million pounds in C-bills loans for, for clients. Right. Uh, and that was because we were proactive with clients. So normally we would have waited till clients came to us, oh, we've got a cash flow issue, mm. we need working capital, we need a term loan, we need invoice finance. Whereas now, you know, we, we went to the clients and we said, look, this is a great opportunity. You're looking for growth, you know, not, not just to, to plug a, an immediate cash need, but if you're looking for growth, um, there's a great opportunity. We'd have never done that before um, uh, because we didn't understand funding, we didn't understand how it works, we didn't understand the different types. Mm. Uh, so so we, we've connected all our clients onto the, the funding platform so we can spot um, potential sort of risks and opportunities for them. So we can now look at each client's credit score um, so if they're looking for funding or they want, you know, good credit terms with suppliers, yeah, um, we can we can talk them through that. We can look at any potential bad debts we can help them recover through that service. Um, uh, and obviously all the, the, the different types of funding we can we can help and support them with. So that that's been a big part of of um, of what we do because you know we're going to clients and we're saying, "Want to help you grow your business?" And it's like, well. I need some cash, I need a cash injection <laughs> yeah. to help me do this or, you know, buy some equipment, you know, more working capital to pay for, take on new staff or whatever. So now we've got that funding partner, we can talk to the clients in a lot more detail about that um, and about that process and support them through it. So it's not right. just a case of saying, oh, we've got a broker, go and talk to them. You know, we're, we're involved and, and the four, you know, the, the, the four times more likely to get the borrowings because they've got us on board throughout that journey mm. in the platform we've got. So, so that, that kind of started off our journey with, we, we probably did it the wrong way around, but we, we started with funding <laughs> first. So, so that's been a big, uh, a big opportunity. And I think a great support for clients. Um, and off the back of that was the, the, the business growth, the business coaching, uh, which we've been doing the last probably, um, seven or eight months okay. so this is basically where we take, take the clients and um, we say to them here's your current numbers this is where you are now let's create a plan to where you could or should get to so what's achievable and create an, an actual action plan for them so many clients do not have action plans a basic thing like you know what what's your what's your what's your forecast turnover what profit do you think you could you know achieve and you know, in all these different areas and, and, and cash balances, where do you think you could get to? It's surprising how many clients do not have that. Yeah. So we say to clients, this is where you are now. Let's increase things by 5%, 10%, whatever you think is reasonable. Let's create the action plan. We've got a clear uh, forecast for the next 12 months. And then off the back of that, well, then what we'll do is we'll have a monthly call with the clients. So we'll sort of coach them and say, right, you know, where are you at with this? what's working, what isn't working, why is it not working, um, mm. and just challenge them and like we've been challenged. And, yeah. <laughs> and that really is the sort of the secret source to it is, you know, it, even if clients have got a business plan, 
you know, how many are actually sticking to that and reviewing yeah. it on a regular basis. Yeah, so you're so, holding yeah. them accountable, basically, aren't you, for the finances? Yeah. And, and it's amazing, you know, we said to, we sat the clients down on the initial meeting, we said, and we've gone through, we created the action plan, and, we, and we've gone, and we've really honed it down. So out of, you know, lots of um, different areas, we've, we've really honed it down and said, what's your priority? Um, and so we've got an actual list of six or seven actions for, for the next month and they've all gone wow this is exactly what i wanted this is exactly <laughs> what i need but you know no no accounts well very few accountants are, are doing that a lot say oh we do business advisory but yeah. it, it's it's on a very reactive basis um and it's very still compliance led and, and it is for us we're still you know we're still trying to improve that yeah and, and, and help find it's still early days but yeah. you know i say that as a huge opportunity for, for for businesses that you know f- forget the set of accounts and taxes you know could do that that's not an issue most accounts can do that it's kind of how can we help you get where you need to be yeah. it's not just when it's not just sort of financials it's kind of all yeah. sorts of stuff like efficiency systems processes you know your staffing you know it's 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 all sorts of business issues and um you know it's not just the kind of you know how we can help you improve your profit you know it's it's all sorts of so and obviously we've got loads of partners we work with where we can you know if there's something we can't do we can uh, we can draw in yeah uh, we can draw in their expertise well actually that was going to be my next question do you, is it really important do you think well i kind of know the answer to this anyway but how important is it to have those key relevant partner relationships you know that you can refer your clients on to how important is that and then have you ever had any really good or really bad obviously you don't have to name any name anyone but have you had any really good or really bad experiences with that yeah but both um yeah. yeah so i think yeah i think having those sort of strategic partnerships is is absolutely key um it, it makes from 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 us from a business point of view it makes clients stickier so you know, I suppose just sort of you're thinking it through. You know, if we had a client who came to us and said, Oh, we need, you know, um, we're looking for an insurance company, do you know, an insurance broker is looking to renew our terms or we don't like the current insurers. And we yeah. said, No, we don't, you know, just Google it or whatever. They go to it, they find one and they talk to the insurance brokers about their accounts and say, Oh, we, you know, we've got a better accountant, you want to talk to these guys. You know, we're on the risk of losing, potentially losing the client if our relationship isn't that strong but if we have a you know a good relationship with an insurance firm and we say go and talk to them these guys are great um they'll obviously you know bang the drum for us as well in return and and it helps keeps the client sticky but it takes the key thing is getting the right people and with those strategic partnerships is finding people who have the same culture the same mindset as yourself yeah doesn't work in the past where we've fallen down is where they haven't had the same mindset as us um and that's when it becomes very frustrating because they they don't work in the same way you do um they might be great but if they don't align with your own your own values then it's just not going to work yeah no I, i absolutely get that so in terms of values then as a business one of the things I noticed about you and Brown and Co, you're always liking to do extra on like social media with your branding on LinkedIn. You've got like a bit of a, a promo video for Brown and Co. You yeah. you, but you try to keep up like quite a strong presence in the local community. So it's 
you're part of the responsible business network aren't you as well in, we in the yeah. area yeah. you're always getting involved in like press releases I see you in Lancashire business view like that's part of your business your your ethos your values I suppose why do you do that because there's other firms out there that are just absolutely silent the partner's not active in the community they're not not active in the community they're not active online you know they're doing absolutely none of that um and I think it's an absolute testament to you because that's the reason you and I got in touch because I was seeing things about you and Brown and Co like I was seeing it out there um you and I might never have spoken if you know you might not be sat, we might not be sat here today chatting had you not done all that so yeah, yeah why why do you do all that what what's, <laughs> what's your thought process behind it why bother basically <laughs> <laughs> Um, I suppose there's probably a few reasons it's you know as with these things it's never sort of well I suppose I suppose the selfish reason is I quite enjoy it oh it's um, different isn't it it's something different and um, it, when I didn't have it you know you know a few years prior I wouldn't have had the time to do it um, it was very much you know head down um, now we've got a team yeah. I've got a little bit more time to do it but also I've got the confidence that I want to engage with people and I enjoy engaging with people um, um, I, so I think that that's very much a part of it is is you know it's something different for me like you say and it's you know <laughs> from a selfish point of view it's you know I, I do enjoy that um, you know at the, at the moment there might come a, a point in time when I stop enjoying it uh, but that's fine at the moment I'm enjoying it so so I do and then it. you could um, get your staff or your number twos or whoever yeah, absolutely. To, you know you don't have to do it forever no that's right that's right um and I think the, the other reason is um it is really trying to sort of raise awareness of of, of us um as a business um locally um and also I, I suppose raising awareness of what you do in your in your sector and for like young people as well like showing you know showing that an accountant isn't just a boring yeah. place yeah and and we're, you know I think with obviously social media I think you know it, it's well hopefully it's attracting the right kind of uh clients you know right kind of businesses to to us um and also like you say the potential future team members yeah um, people see that i think oh you know this looks like an interesting you know mm. modern firm going places i'd yeah. like to get involved with that and even if at the moment you know we, we don't have capacity to take on new people in in the future we're keeping the front of people's minds people Absolutely. hopefully first business they'll think of is us um yeah. and that's where we want to be um so you know and i think you know <sighs> I think you know with social media. I think I think today you know you, you're forced to do it to some mm. some degree. I think if you don't do it, I think we were a bit late to the party with it, um, probably because it's taken us a while to build the business. Um, but I think you, you know you are forced to to do these things. If you don't, people then start to question why you're not doing it, and yeah. you're a bit archaic and yeah. So you know I, I do think it's it's important to to keep up with the times, and you are forced. In some respects to do that um so yeah i mean you know part of you know what we've been doing is trying to do things slightly differently so obviously you know we're across all social media but we're trying to do more on the video side mm. more um engaging with local business leaders 
um, and doing some, we're trying to at the moment do a series of videos with those in the responsible business network just yeah. to understand why they joined it you know tell us more about the business what challenges you know the face what the future holds and why they joined the, the network in the first place um, so we're trying to do something a little bit more engaging with 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 businesses and, and hopefully to you know people that see us online as well you know, yeah. a bit, you know you know what accountants do you know <laughs> do you know in video interviews I, I know you know the big firms do but um for the smaller ones you know mm. it's something a little bit different yeah and am i right in saying in that promo video of yours that i've seen um is there a, have you got a pool table in your office or have i just completely made that up we, we've got a table football table football that's it yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we have. Um, yeah, we've had, had a, f a few good sort of games like that in the past. Obviously, now we're working from home. It's uh, it's a shame, really. It's sort of stuck in the office. Yeah. And I, I can't move it. It's so heavy as well. <laughs> <laughs> I can't bring it home. But um, but yeah, so we, we try and have a culture where um, it, I, I think, it, it you know, we just want to make, make the work environment an enjoyable place. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want people to dread Mondays. I want them to mm. sort of come thinking, you know, I can't wait for Monday to get yeah. in and, and enjoy the environment. And, you know, we'll have pizzas and stuff and, you know, during the day or whatever. And, you know, I just want to make things, you know, enjoyable for everybody. I know, you know, some people might think it's a bit sort of, oh, yeah, you know, that that's not going to, you know, solve the tea. You know, it's not going to make for a happy tea environment, just, you know, dishing out pizzas and having a table football. It, it's the it's the more meaningful things behind it. Yeah. Um, but having these other little sort of things along um, the way. Can, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's everything else, out. isn't there? So if someone's coming to your place to work, you know, it's not too far from where they live. They've got a nice bit of table football and a bit of pizza. There's modern systems. They've got good colleagues. They're being challenged. They can get involved in other stuff. It's that whole rounded package that's yeah. going to keep somebody staying with you for a really long time. Um, yeah. And obviously a good boss and good management and things. So before I let you go then, I want to know what the future just looks like for Brown & Co. So the last 10 years, you've talked to us about that. It started off very small. You got an acquisition. You've took on loads of staff. You took on five in 2021. What does the next 10 years look like? Is there going to be, like you said, a bit more audit or some anything to do with tax? What, what does the next five to 10 years look like for Brown & Co.? Yeah, I mean, it's always hard to predict, obviously, that far in the future, but, um, yeah. you know, we want to continue growth. Um, I think we're at a position where we can really scale up the growth now. We've got a great team, great systems in place. So we, we just want to be working with some great businesses, um, which we know there are locally, yeah. to support and help them and working with the right kind of people who, who want to grow their own businesses, who, who need that support. Um, you know, we we want to. I, I think in the next, you know, the, the plan certainly in the next um, two years is to double the size of our business through right. both organic growth and through acquisitions, and and I think that's that's achievable. Um, and and be an employer of choice, really. So we're you know the, we're attracting the right kind of people already, and we want to continue that. And and you know, with a view certainly to sort of start to take on apprentices and start to sort of bring people on. Um, but we, you know, we want to remain a, a, you know, a really good, solid, independent local firm, um, which is known for, you know, giving really good 
business growth, robust tax advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the crypto stuff is is a whole new, you know, that's a whole different area. Whether that will take off in terms of, yeah. uh, of advice, which we've already started on on the path um, doing some of that. Um, but yeah, I think you know, just we we just want to be a very different on the ball ahead of the curve firm which attracts the right kind of businesses the right kind of potential team future yeah. team members and, and just create an environment where everybody enjoys what they do um, Brilliant! oh i'm so excited for you it sounds really exciting so just hear you say you're probably going to double your business in the next two years i, I think that's that's exciting and that's really admirable so you've done really really well i'm really really pleased for you um and I wish you all of the best of luck for the next, you know, the next two years and then obviously the, the next 10 years of Brown & Co. But yeah, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, well, thanks. Thanks for uh, thanks for having this chat and interviewing me, Sophia. No really problem. Uh, oh, good luck with everything, Chris. I'll speak with you soon.